the way Fighter Pilots thinks super useful for entrepreneurs because it's like an iterative way of thinking. I call it thought loops. It's about connecting feeling thoughts and actions deliberately using a technique mm. fighter pilot. We do it by accident most of the time. We live in a, in a hot mess of feelings, emotions, and action. And I don't think anyone would put their hand up at the end of the day and say, everything I did today was useful. Everything I did today added value. And everything I did today gave me a sense of purpose. I just don't think that happens. But we can certainly get a lot closer to that. So this world of purpose, fighter pilots do wonderful things. We protect the nation. We believe that we are protectors. We complete a $15 million training program. And it's all about processing insurmountable amounts of information at a rapid velocity and making really great decisions. Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host. Shahid Durrani. Today we have with us Christian Bukosis. Christian, as a presenter, Boo is a force of nature who can start or close any event and engage an audience like none other. He's energetic, charismatic, surprisingly inspiring, and his deep performance mindset will empower your teams to tackle disruption head-on and be successful every time. High-performance mindset, which creates genuine momentum for you and your organization for years to come. As a best-selling author, Boo is also a living, breathing example that you can achieve anything you set your mind to. Welcome, Boo, to our show. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Really looking forward to it. <laughs> Your work that you do with people sounds very foundational. Can you speak more about how you get to that level with people and how you motivate them um, at that basically deep level where they start performing a lot more? Yeah, it's a long story, actually, because it started when I was about sure. five, I think, when I went to an air show and had my first exposure to fighter jets. And whilst I was at that air show, I remember watching these big, incredible machines, would have been late 80s, early 90s, taxing past and the smell of the jet fuel and the sun glistening off the canopies and the fighter pilots in the cockpit. And I just thought it was incredible. Just Star Wars come to life. And as I watched these airplanes yeah. fly overhead at this astonishing speed, I was caught off guard by one that flew very low and right over my head. And I saw the shadow on the ground before I heard it. And I couldn't quite comprehend in my little five-year-old mind what was going on to cause an airplane flying past without any noise. But before I could finish the thought, this enormous wave of raw engine noise smashed into me and I burst into tears. And I think at that moment, two worlds collided, the world of fear at the noise and the world of wonderment. I just thought it was amazing. And as I reflect on life, mm. I think it's those moments in time where we feel this connection between purpose and reality. And that drove my first career. And when I was 21, I started flying F-18 Hornets. I was a fighter pilot in the Royal Australian Air Force. And it was a career I had for over 11 years before being medically discharged, being forced into business, 
disappeared into Afghanistan to set up a humanitarian projects company, grew that, sold that, segued into hotel and property development, into publishing. And about eight years ago, I stumbled across a, an organization called Afterburner that taught people how fighter pilots think and how we work and our culture. And when I sat in that room and saw that presentation, the two worlds collided for me. The world as an entrepreneur, where I'd successfully founded and built three multi-million dollar businesses. Well, founded two, and the third one was almost out of business. I had to resuscitate. It was effectively a startup. And then grew this afterburner brand in Australia. And I recently fired that business too, and I'm moving to America in a couple of weeks to take on the CEO and build this brand where I learned as a fighter pilot how to fly, obviously, but mostly it was how to think. And I think the way fighter pilots think is super useful for entrepreneurs because it's it's like an iterative way of thinking. I call it thought loops. It's about connecting feeling, thoughts, and actions deliberately using a technique mm, fighter pilots like use, that. which is the... Yeah, it's, we do it by accident most of the time. We live in a we live in a, in a hot mess of feelings, emotions, and action. And I don't think anyone would put their hand up at the end of the day and say everything I did today was useful. Everything I did today added value, and everything I did today gave me a sense of purpose. I just don't think that happens. But we can certainly get a lot closer to that. So this world of purpose, fighter pilots do wonderful things. We protect the nation. We deliberately we believe that we are protectors. We we complete a $15 million training program. And it's all about processing insurmountable amounts of information at a rapid velocity and making really great decisions, but, it, but also culturally understanding that we make bad decisions. And that's okay. In our culture, it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to make a bad decision. What we don't like to see is the same mistake or the same bad decision. So we have a hyperactive learning curve, which is called debriefing. And it's I would say probably the most simple conceptual, the most simple conversation. If you look at it on a piece of paper, it's only four steps, but it's also the most challenging conversation because it's all about accountability and what we as a team at Afterburner call the nameless and rankless culture where you can walk into a room of your peers and for a moment in time, might be five, 10, 20 minutes, maybe an hour, we all park our egos at the door doesn't matter whether you're the CEO or the, or the brand new frontline employee. In that room, we're just all about the facts. We're all about figuring out what went right, what went wrong. Uh, and the magic's not in identifying what we did right or wrong. The magic's creating an action, something you can do about it that afternoon or the very next day. Not big actions, small actions. And what we learned as fighter pilots was every day, if you just learn two or three things that you do the next day, those lessons stick. And you just incrementally improve 1% per day until culturally fighter pilots deliver on their strategy 98% of the time, which I realized now 17 years in business. There's a statistic that most businesses freaking dream of getting even halfway to 98% each and every year. So that's yes. a short story long, Shahid, in terms of what motivates me really is having done a lot of this for myself for many years now, I don't really enjoy doing it for myself. I get a lot more personal satisfaction from helping other people succeed and overcome their barriers. But it's not, a, it's not all about overcoming what holds you down. It's actually creating the gravity to pull you along, to lift. You, you need both. You need this yin and yang, this kind of you know, fighters, fighter mm. pilots have this spiritual connection with the air. We fly at 40,000, mm. 50,000 feet. We always see the world from a different 
perspective, we see the fragility of it. We literally abandon the the limitations of humanity. We we bond with the flying machine and operate very much at the end of the evolution, physically and mentally. So all of these incredibly different inputs into a human, the product of that is this very unique mindset. That's incredible. And we could see how important mindset is in all this. And the one point that got my attention that you mentioned, the way that fighter pilots operate is based on their thoughts, feelings, and actions is very similar to how we help people as well as we create that composite of the attitude. I just want to know what you have went through and how you help people. Can you elaborate more on those three aspects and how it helps businesses perform better? Yeah, look, there's two things you have to solve as a business, right? The unknown, where you're going, and that's just a big messy cloud because who the hell knows what's going? COVID demonstrated Mm -hmm. to all of us how different the future can be relative to what we thought it would mm-hmm. be. So I call that the art of strategy, the art of the idea, the art of the desire, the want, the need. Uh, and mm-hmm. somehow we're going to translate that into very scientific action each and every day. And the problem is the mind doesn't do those t- together. One's more creative, conceptual, the other's very scientific. And, and because we blend those up each and every day, I have this concept of multi-thinking, not just multitasking. Multitasking means we're very much focused on our doing, doing brain, our consciousness, but much of what happens in our day is driven from our subconscious and our feelings and thoughts. So conceptualize this, you have a loop, a loop of feelings, thoughts, and actions, and they're always connected. So how you feel has a direct input on what you think and what you think, how you manifest your actions. So that, that loop comes back back so if your actions aren't great or they're not productive then you don't feel good and you might or you feel nothing and you don't want to feel nothing all the time so as a fighter pilot we have this extra part of our decision making loop so the thing that connects the way we feel to what we do it's called a debrief and Mm. this debrief it's about connecting intentions to action right and there are a lot of different models to do this there's root cause analysis, there's feedback loops, there's 360 reviews, there's all these different, there's retros if you're an agile practitioner. But at its core, when you strip away all the detailed way in which you can reflect as a human being, the debrief is about action. So we ask ourselves, what did I set out to achieve? And often when it comes to debriefing, the answer to that question is, I don't know. I just don't know what I'm trying to achieve. I don't know where I'm going. And I just don't know what good looks like. And the beauty of debriefing is it pushes you to figure that out. Like you'll never, you don't really fulfill a purpose or connect with a sense of purpose by accident. I connected with mine by accident, but then lived it. And it wasn't an accident that I was at the air show. I was already interested in airplanes. I already, I took the effort to go out there and, and watch the show. So we start with our intention, what does good look like? The next question we ask ourselves, and this is the tough one, is where am I right now? And there's always a gap in life. There's always a gap between what you want and where you are. That's the way humans are conditioned. It's called the optimism bias. It's one of the many biases we have. But by and large, we're full of intention, full of good ideas, but not real great at getting them. So this gap can be big or small. We want to try and find the big gaps because if we solve big gaps, the little ones look after themselves. And to do that, we just ask another simple question, which is why is there a gap there? Simon Sinek, 
always talks about starting with why. But as fighter pilots, we also end with why, because we say, why am I not there yet? And this is the most mm. challenging question humanity has. Like the goal is to have a clean environment. The result is we live in a garbage dump, you know, why? And that's a, it's, it's, a, it's when you look at it at scale, it's a hard, it's hard to answer. But when you look at it at a personal scale, it's very easy where you say, I want a clean environment. The result is I don't pick up my rubbish. The result is there's rubbish outside. The reason for that is because I'm probably too busy. I'm apathetic. So the most important part of the debrief is the fourth step, which is the action. So the action is tomorrow, I'm not going to walk over any litter. Tomorrow, I'm not going to buy food that's in single-use plastics. So we, what we do is we take a big existential issue, but break it down to me. And imagine if everyone did that. Imagine if everyone just said, oh, I walked out on the street today, there was garbage. The, what I was hoping for was that the street would be clean. Why is there garbage there? Because no one picked it up. What's the action? I'm going to pick it up. And that's maybe an action that is five seconds out of your day. But because we don't have a mindfulness or an awareness about it, we tend not to do it. So that lack of awareness translates to every aspect of your business, every aspect of your entrepreneurial enterprise. Mm. It's humanly impossible to be aware yeah. of everything. So we have to deliberately create awareness. Mm. So the way to deliberately create yeah. awareness is to debrief, to go mm. through these four steps. And over time, mm. as, long as, you, as long as you're going the one direction, towards that big goal, you will just gain more and more awareness every single day until you're the mm. expert, until you know every aspect Excellent. of your business, until you've tried every marketing mm. plan, every digital strategy, and eventually you land it. It is impossible not to eventually land it. Just to clarify for my understanding and the audience, basically it's becoming self-aware becoming aware of our thoughts, feelings, and actions, and bridging the knowing-doing gap, in a nutshell. Yeah, except we, we call it situational awareness, which is an awareness of self mm. and others at the same mm -hmm. time. Okay. So it's, it's just it's awareness, awareness in general. Yeah, mm -hmm. but it's mm -hmm. very specific to the goal. So situation, you can't, it's yeah. impossible to have situational awareness without understanding where you're going. So the challenge, mm -hmm. and when we don't have a purpose and we're not sure where we're going, and I'm presuming if you're an entrepreneur listening to this, you, you know where you're going. You just don't know how to get there because if you have, if you don't have an idea and you just want to get rich, you're not an entrepreneur, you're a dreamer. So I'm presuming as an entrepreneur, yeah. you have a very clear vision, but you're struggling with the actions. So the vision, and there's a couple of different theories here. There's the heart, the Gartner hype loop or Christian, Clayton Christensen from Harvard is what he calls the product failure loop. But only 5% of people generally break through the idea to execution phase. And the 5% of people that break through, they're good at doing debriefing by accident. So if you find that you've got a good idea, mm. but you're not getting there, then you could purposefully use it. It brings you the superpower that the likes of Elon Musk and Dyson and all these science-based approaches that inventors have to products for people that might not be as may not have scientific method or may not have done physics at school. But the four-step yeah. process, objective, result, reason, response, that four-step process as an entrepreneur will lift your success rate. For a fighter pilot, it's 98%, right? It's a 98% success rate. So if you translate that to being an entrepreneur, 
and one out of 10 businesses succeed after three years and nine out of 10 fail, I would say the statistics, if it works 98% for fighter pilots, it's going to work for 10% of the ones that make it. Yeah. And it worked for so, me. I found, it, I found two businesses and took a business that was about to go bankrupt and turned it into a multi-million dollar enterprise. So it certainly works. Definitely. It's very similar to what we do as well. And I find that mindset is such a critical component in the success of a business, not just the business aspect of it, but overall your life, your fulfillment, the quality of the relationships you have with others. And in business, you're not doing business with the brick and mortar. You're actually doing business with other human beings. So I'm actually very grateful to have you on the show and talk to you about these things because the difference that you're making, it's so deep. It's not give us a software or something. Those are important as well. But this mindset stuff is so deep that one person that you help has such a impact on everyone that they know as well. That's the compound effect of giving, right? Like the whole pay it forward philosophy. Mm. If you that, yes. the other power, the other power to debriefing is your ability to help other people discover that. To ask them what does good look like. Where are they today? Why they? Mm. Why do they have a gap between what they want and where they are? And mm. there's nothing more exciting than having a problem solved together. In fact, when I look at the research on debriefing and the neuroscience behind it and the effect uh -huh. of it physiologically, when you debrief uh -huh. and turn a failure into a positive outcome, you actually get what I call the dose, the dose of energy and the dose of brain power. And it's dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. Those four hormones, awesome. chemicals, neurochemicals, they get released because they love to, they love winning. So when you're winning and successful, that's why mm. people who win a lot and are successful seem to have all energy all the time and they can sleep six hours a day. Mm. It's because they feed off this, right? And you, you create it by having this conversation because this conversation gives humans the most important thing when it comes to motivation and that's hope. How do you feel about ego in this entire process? What do you do with ego or is there any adjustments that you make to ego and what are your thoughts about ego in business? Yeah, for me, it's very, I'm very post ego. I think like for me, I don't believe in ego. I think ego is not great for decisions, but when I was in my twenties and when I was in my twenties and I had to be an effective fighter pilot, I needed my ego. So if you think of mindset yeah. as the mindset is the light at the end of the tunnel, the goal, the doing successfully doing is the confidence. So mindset's one thing, but if you're not confident, you're not going to get there. So mm. it's that inter interaction is very important. And then, and I think then you'll get, then you get to a point where you, you have to have a selfish phase of life. You, you have to, because you, otherwise you, mm. Just, mm. you don't know what you're capable of. You just don't have time for other mm. people when you're trying to figure yourself out, mm -hmm. but the, the faster you go, the harder you push, the quicker that happens. And mm -hmm. I'm, I certainly had my, being an entrepreneur, it's a hell of a roller coaster. It's, there's a degree yeah. of, gosh, there's a degree of self-flagellation, self-flagellation in there. You have to love the highs and the lows. It, it, it's a bit of a, but I'm a much mm -hmm. better entrepreneur now, just much better entrepreneur now yeah. than I was in my thirties. Yeah, that's wonderful. I can relate to you so much because pre-mindset transformation, there was a very rough ride. It was oriented around trying to get to some place and I was so focused on the results 
that it felt like the results were going further away from me, having that focus, calming the ego and being more understanding, knowledge, having that self-awareness, being aware in general, it plays such a huge part in your day-to-day operations and what you get done in a specific day. It's great conversation. Absolutely. Next totally, question I have. Totally agree. Yeah. Next question. Yep. Exactly. The next question I have for you, Boo, is what do you feel your innermost superpower is that got you to this point in your life? For me, it is persistence, for sure. I've mm. always been the worst of the high performers, the last person to of eight to get on the first eight, probably the last fighter pilot to get selected as a fighter pilot. But it's I've never, nothing's ever come naturally to me. I have ADHD, so I struggle with the... So when I get into a team, I'm always like, just get in. But where some people stagnate, I never stagnate. I always grow. I just, I cannot stop learning. And I am like a dog with a bone solving a problem, whether it's a business problem, whether it's someone's personal life, whether it's an entrepreneur. The main reason I stepped out of being an entrepreneur after probably 11 years, I found it was I just got bored of it. I did it. You know what I mean? I had, I'd done it. I had mm. nothing to prove anymore. So now I'm, I'm mm. now for me, I get more, more excited by working with people or existing entities and making, Very good. making them better. It's still growth, but not That's that. That's awesome. Yeah. Just sit there bleeding money and stress growth, yeah. which again, is something, something to do in your twenties and thirties, I think. <laughs> you just have to go through a journey. So I'm glad to have heard what you have went through and the successes you have achieved is that persistence and that determination is that belief in your deep subconscious that gets you there. It's that consistency, that persistence that will get you to the mountaintop. And it's so great. That is your superpower, Abu. It was a pleasure talking to you today and having you on the show. It's awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Shahid. I really appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Audience, thank you once again for joining us for another episode. Take a look at Boo's information in the show notes. Take a look at his website, what he has done. Very unique perspective when coaching others or companies when it's coming from a fighter jet pilot. They have a very specific type of connection. And you can see he's very passionate about that. Again, thank you. And thank you for helping us grow. Really appreciate it. And thanks again, Boo. Thanks, you. Love what you're doing. Thanks so much. 